0: Today's episode of Mob Rules brought to you by 25% More Dave. And that is a lot of Dave. All right, yeah, John with you here, as always, joined by Danny and And Bad Dave. Yeah, Bad Dave, because we are joined as well by a very (laughs) special guest. That would be uh, Chaos Dave, uh, Dave from Mini Wargaming. How are you doing, Dave?
1: I'm doing excellent. How are you?
0: Doing much better. Now we finally have some quality Dave attention. Oh, Oh. man, it's so nice to have a... Good Dave, like just a great,
2: awesome Dave, instead of the second tier Dave that we have. <laughs> second tier, yeah.
3: whoa, what, you yeah. take what you can get and you like it, sir.
2: <laughs> well, it's Alaska, so <laughs>
3: that's all you get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy
0: man. So, Dave, well, uh, Chaos Dave, of course, you uh, uh phone to the founding members of Mini Wargaming, uh, probably one of the first and if not longest running YouTube channels to deal with wargaming. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do for the hobby for maybe the one or two people who listen to us, like my mom, maybe Danny's mom, right? Who, who doesn't use <laughs> the YouTubes?
1: Yeah. My mom stopped listening. Uh, okay. Well, uh, as you said, we have a YouTube channel. We create video battery ports mm-hmm. covering Warhammer, Warhammer 40k, Age of Sigmar 30k. So, sometimes some specialist games too, like Warcry, Kill Team Apocalypse. That's primarily what we do. I, say, a I do team.
0: love your Gorkamorka stuff as someone who was obsessed with that game <laughs> in the mid 90s.
1: Awesome. You know what? I love how you just mentioned that because <laughs> uh, we have a Gorkamorka event coming up, which I'll be hosting uh, coming in You're so week nice. of October. Oh, nice. And uh, the Goth Rockers. So um, recently. They completely segue and get distracted because I speak the language of distraction,
0: right?
2: They okay.
1: came up for the grand opening of the, of the bunker, the main war gaming bunker. And they came and they, they were golf rocking out. It was pretty awesome. Nice. And I asked the master afterwards, cause I knew I was going to do another season. And worker I'm like, Hey, would you guys be down? If my war band was the golf rockers and my characters were you guys and your instruments <laughs> were the weapons that you guys use. And they're like, yeah, 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 let's do that. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, done. Let's do it. So that's what's going to happen. So that'll be my war band. And then there's going to be seven other people that'll participate in it because it's me. Lucas also filming. And then we have another guy that's local. So 10 people in total.
0: That's amazing.
3: Totally jealous. That's, yeah, totally that's cool.
0: awesome. My favorite um, truck from Gorkamorka that I made in the 90s because I would have like terrible luck with my models falling out. And the way the game worked, if you haven't played it before, is if your models fell out, then they actually fell out in game and took damage. So I built a Lehman Russ and then took a grinder and took out the back kind of half to make it like a pickup truck almost and turned it almost into a bucket for orcs and just kind of threw a couple (laughs) boarding planks on there and just kind of just, it was like a barrel of monkeys for orcs.
1: (laughs) Well, I could totally picture it. That's That's (laughs) what I love about it. I love it. You could do anything for it and anything goes.
0: And I do remember, like, in the main box, that cardboard orc fort. Oh, yeah. Um, mine oh, okay, is a classic, yeah. completely destroyed now. Um, sure. But <laughs> it, at the time, it was just amazing. And, yeah. like, just, oh, yeah. I think, like, said, 15 year old me or whatever I was at the time loved that game so, so much. And I won, like, 40 of the glyphs from GW's wow. campaign. Yeah, oh, was, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Impressive. Look at you. I was the one who cared at Games Workshop Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so Mini Wargaming, that's what we do. we do. We run events at the Mini Wargaming Bunker, which is an 11,300-square-foot facility where we host people, host games. People can stay in the bunker rooms. They're themed like our studios. And uh, we produce 18 to 20 videos a week, and we have a membership called the Mini Wargaming Vault where people can pay to see exclusive content. Uh, and we've been doing it for 12 years. Uh, we happen to be very fortunate... We are the largest subscribed YouTube channel in the wargaming industry currently. I say currently because Games Workshop proper they will surpass us. We've looked at the numbers on Social Blade; they're they're rising very fast now that they are actually making videos and have been doing for a couple of years now. Um, and yeah, we just happen to start at a time when YouTube was new, and we are grandfathered in. We certainly don't claim to be the best gamers out there. We just we're just a bunch of dudes having fun. And we're, we're, we're lucky to be where we are.
0: You know, what I super like about your guys' channel is um, you take a real narrative aspect to your games a lot of the time. Um, we're right now kind of a lot of the way battle Repo- reports are kind of shot and shown is kind of like top down ITC mission, kind of very standard set, which while, you know, entertaining in its own way, I do love like all the different campaigns you guys come up with. You come up oh, with yeah. these great yeah. characters and backstories that kind of continue throughout the years. Um, and then like this, I remember this as well, the giant kind of side scroller beat up board you guys built as well.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's certainly our, um, if, if we, if there was one thing that set us apart from, from the rest, it, it would certainly be the, the narrative campaigns that we, that we produce, um, because those are unique and, um, and they're fun. I mean, we have the most fun doing that. It is, is different than. The, the regular games and they're they're evergreen in the sense that you can watch narrative campaigns from previous editions and still be entertained by them because you're following the story sure. more so yep. than the rules and than the, the current meta, um, which, as you said, right, it's it's fun in a in a different way, uh, but that's just what we prefer. That's our play style: casual oh, yeah. gaming, narrative flair to it.
0: So, what would you say your favorite narrative campaign has been that you guys have ever kind of put forward?
1: Thus far, uh, oh man, there's so many something to do with uh, Blood Bowl? It's
3: probably Blood Bowl. Mm, <laughs> no, I said, I mean, Blood,
1: okay, well, I mean, Gork and Mork is up there, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that's up there. Uh, I I recently did a Fallout narrative campaign using 40k rules.
2: Oh, that's oh, cool. That's cool.
1: So that was so much fun, uh, and. There was okay, so the company that actually makes Fallout Wasteland Warfare, Modifius, they offered to allow us to use the miniatures from the game, but on the condition that we use their rule set, which makes sense, right? They want to yeah. promote their game,
3: sure.
1: Uh, but I, I had to do that. Was a I had to really make a hard decision there, just because their models are awesome and they, I mean, they're exact, right? Um, but our audience is 40K primarily. About 75% of our viewership is 40K. So I thought, you know, people watch the campaign, they're going to have to learn a new rule set by watching the game. Whereas if they're watching a 40K game, they can just enjoy the narrative. And so I went that route and it was well received. And so I'm glad that I went that route. Uh, And that is one of my favorite campaigns that I've done because there was role-playing elements to it. One of the 10 missions was actually resolved just by strict role-playing. I just used the leadership as the as the, rolling, uh, as the, as the rule. If they passed for leadership, then they would pass the social tests. Uh, nice. <laughs> and That was fun. And so that's actually spawned a new type of campaign that we are now producing. Uh, and that's uh, immersive narrative campaigns. And the next one that's coming up is the Resident Evil-themed one, where people are also characters from the Resident Evil franchise. There's live actors that are interacting with the people outside of the actual tabletop game. Uh, and so it's wow. it's That's... more of an experience than it is uh, just strictly a tabletop, um, a game gaming experience. So it's more to it.
3: I think you can actually get Bruce Campbell. He's pretty cheap these days. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so. You,
0: you guys go through this like amazing process to write these campaigns, and obviously, kind of coming, I'm assuming from like a role playing background, to get all these different branching paths and kind of figure out where it's going to go. Was there ever a time that a game or a battle went in such a way that it really just messed up the rest of how you saw the campaign going, and you're like, <laughs> yes. oh, I really wish that you guys hadn't done that. Why can't you just roll a two plus?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, the answer to that is yes. I mean, there's there, there's been Many times where just missions have been cut short just because of fortunate dice rolling, and you know you it, it's a it's a big learning curve. It, it took many years to kind of figure out the best or the way in which we find the best way to to craft a narrative because you got to be flexible. You can't be too rigid. If you prepare something in your mind and you want the narrative to go a certain way, and then the dice roll don't agree with you, then you're screwed. And the things that you have prepared in the future don't work out, and you got to scrap it all. So, yeah, we've certainly run into that a lot. All right,
0: that's, that's awesome, it's super cool. So, you are famed uh, in, in your section for being kind of like a master of chaos, and, and chaos is kind of your chosen section of 40k games here. Uh, what drew you to that army uh, originally?
1: That's a good question. Uh, so, about 12 years ago, when we had when we first started up that we had a gaming club and people were collecting other armies. There was orcs being played, tyranids, uh, you know, space Marines. No one was playing chaos Space Marines, And so I looked at the model and it was 100% pure, unadulterated rule of cool. I looked at the model and I just fell in love with the way they looked. And I thought, you know what? This is my army. I had no idea what they did. What how good they were, how bad they were, none of that mattered to me. It's just the way they looked, their aesthetic looked so cool. It was the space it was a Chaos Base Ring global starter set. The one with the Defiler and the Chaos Lord and Terminator armor, some corn berserkers, chaos Space rings and a rhino. And that's what it was. So sure. it's just the aesthetic. Yep.
0: Yeah. All beautiful current models. Just just out of curiosity. <laughs> did you uh,
3: <laughs> did you think when you picked that army that you would never get a new model for it? Until 2019.
1: Uh, until 19.
3: 2019. Until 2019. New, new that Chaos I would never brains. get a, Yeah.
1: That I would collect more models. You just <laughs> that, you'd be that, stuck with the uh, same models until did, 2019.
3: Uh,
0: Bad Dave is making a joke about the slow updates to the Chaos Army. Ah. Uh, um, <laughs> let me cut in laughter here. Yeah. You don't have so, that. Save. Do you
3: have the crickets? Yeah. Like, you don't uh, have that crickets either.
0: No, I just have the white claw sound. Alright, All right. Right, cool, that works. Oh,
1: nice! <laughs> you do that live! I wasn't sure. I was- when I was in your podcast before, I'm like, oh, man, they must go back and edit it. But no, that's this right on this live on this podcast.
3: Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Only, he's only got two buttons on there. It's he rotates <laughs> whatever makes him happy. It's,
0: it's a little behind the curtain, but I used to have like this big setup with this board and, and a, a preamp for my mic, and I had to have all these plugins and like 20,000 cables. Two laptops. Uh, a laptop as well. And like this year, I upgraded to just like a specific podcasting board that has buttons on it that, that lets me edit not at all. And it makes me very happy. <laughs> He doesn't even look like a bad DJ anymore. No. Yeah. yeah, before I looked like a very bad DJ. Now I just look like a
1: bad podcaster. <laughs> oh, man. You, you, like. you got to send me a link to one of those. I think it would be fun oh. to play around with one. Oh,
0: of them. yeah. Heck yeah. I'll, I'll send that But, out. yeah,
1: to, to answer your question, Dave, uh, I had, yeah, that sucks. You know, like, corn Berserkers, they need to be updated, oh, right? Yes, they do. And so, I you know what I tell people? I say, just, just use Blood Warriors. Just convert Blood Warriors. They look way mm. better as corn Berserkers. That's true. Yeah. Like the scale is right and better, the model's more dynamic,
0: and um, yeah, just
1: put. I both want pistols to on
0: them. assume positive intent in GW's part, and when they said "I want better corn berserkers," they're like, "Rules, okay, good, we got it." Yep, <laughs> <laughs> and they just keep buffing <laughs> those.
1: <laughs> the rules are great.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I, mean, I love yeah. how they
1: attack twice. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Shock right. assault or was it terror drop or whatever the the heretic yeah, version of that of salt, rule yeah. is now. Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing. Fact, and then World Eaters as I'm well. Sure. So World Eaters plus Shock Assault. That's awesome.
2: It's a lot of attacks. That's a lot,
1: yeah.
0: GW's going to be selling like a multi-part plastic bucket to, to put dice into for rolling your close combat <laughs> attacks. <laughs> you, have,
2: you have to build the dice roller. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like
2: one of those coin machines where it sorts the dice out as yeah. they come in. You Forge just World have to doors, pour a, a, pour a bucket. Oh yeah, it has Forge World They're, doors, of course. <laughs> They're not going to make new legion.
3: Not going to make new Berserker models, but they'll give you a bucket for all the new attacks you get.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some really great Blood Warrior conversions too. Like that's not, it's not a super difficult conversion to make, and like they look really phenomenal, especially if you yeah. use like the
0: the Chaos Marine legs and stuff like that. Yeah. So they don't have that. Yeah. Honestly, that Age of Sigmar range has so <laughs> oh, many man. good bases for models for yeah. 40K. It's ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm. Those, it's
1: true.
0: Those blood, those, uh, what are they? Are they Bloodborne? Is that what they're called? Or Blood
2: Warriors? I don't know. Whatever. They look but the- awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Blood warriors, blood reavers. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Blood yeah. something.
3: Take the hammers out of iron golems. Blood
2: or skull or iron. I mean, it's all one of those things, right, is yeah. Korn? <laughs> Combine those together into words.
1: That's right. Gore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there just, you go. Yeah, yeah don't forget yeah. gore. Yeah. I that's imagine that. that GW has like a set of like almost love dice that they roll, except to, oh, instead of like, you know, all the love stuff on it, it has like gore and blood and rain and skull, and they just <laughs> yeah. roll dice, and whenever a new Kuno comes out, it's a uh, gore. Fiend, where they play like corn twister, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> left hand gore, <laughs>
2: right hand slaughter.
1: It does make it tough sometimes because when we do the bat <laughs> reps, we do our best to try to call it what units are doing what. Instead of saying this unit is shooting at this unit, we do our best to say these corn berserkers are shooting their plasma pistols at these Astro infantry. So that people who are listening and painting, and the, like they're kind of listening in the background, they can kind of follow along as well. Sure. Whereas if you if you hear like this guy shooting that guy, that guy shooting that guy, you, you're completely lost. You have to be watching it, and it just makes it it makes it better better listening experience and viewing experience when you hear the names of the units, and it also helps the people, the content producers, to actually learn the names of the weapons and and everything. Sure. But it does make it hard when the names are so similar. <laughs> Yeah, all these are these gore-soaked blood fiends are. uh, No, no, no. Those
0: are blood gore-soaked fiends. (laughs) Someone points out in a YouTube comment twenty or thirty times, like one after the other.
1: (laughs) And the other thing too is, like, they have models that are so similar. Like, they have blood crushers and skull crushers. Oh yeah. It's like ah, yeah. So mess it up all the time, all the time, and yeah.
2: If you freeze blood, you can crush it.
0: So this is true. That's, 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 not, that's a not motivational a, t-shirt yeah. I've ever I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you said you, you, started, you helped start Mini Wargaming uh, 12 years ago here. Uh, what, yeah, was so the, what was the drive? What kind of led you guys to be like, hey, we're going to go on YouTube and we're going to film battle reports of these
1: scale miniature models? So, uh, okay. So, it started with myself and my business partner, Matt Glanfield. So, it started with the two of us. And... I had a landscaping business at the time. He had an internet marketing business at the time. And so I approached him. I said, hey, let's do a business together. And then he said, why don't we do this? So why don't we sell miniatures online? Uh, okay, cool. Because we had played Lord of the Rings uh, from the game's Workshop, Lord of the Rings. Okay. And so it was fun, right? And I gravitated to the dark side, forces of darkness, of course. Sure. And, uh, and so we started that. And because he had an internet marketing business and it was serious in nature, he didn't want to be on videos at first in case it wasn't successful. He didn't want people to not take him seriously. Like, oh, well, this guy's playing games and he's teaching us how to make money online. Well, we're not going to trust that guy. So he he just didn't want to make videos. But after about nine months or so, he saw how much fun I was having with it. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll make videos too. <laughs> and so, we, you know, we just started making more videos. And the idea at first was to generate traffic to the website so people would buy the products and whatever we would play with on the videos, people would buy more of that on the web store. And we did that for a number of years. And uh, we we actually started with a blog. It was a blog and the store. And then we made videos and uh, terrain tutorials because I was a landscaper before I made terrain tutorials. It was a natural progression and evolution to what I could do on the miniature tabletop. So that was fun. Uh, and then after a while, we started making bat reports because we saw other channels making bat reps. And it was Blue Table Painting. I remember this distinctly. They had 1,800 subscribers. And at the time, I thought, man, that's like that's like a small hick town watching your videos. That's how many people it is. <laughs> one day, we will have that many subscribers one day. We'll have 1,800, and it's going to be awesome. It'll be the best. I remember thinking that. It was, it was great. And then when we reached 500... I was like, "Wow! Look, there's 500 people. They're watching our videos. So cool! <laughs> so awesome! It was the best feeling ever." Um, and then it just kind of slowly, organically grew. And we made sure not to not to do anything that would penalize us. Like we we know of some other YouTuber channels uh, that that kind of got bots and artificially grew their their channels. And you know, they're they're close friends of ours, right? So they unfortunately they were cut out. YouTube doesn't like that, so they. They like organic growth because they see that they trust it. That's what they want. That's what they recommend other people watch, and that's that's something that we've always been really strong for. Is just mm-hmm. just create content that people want to watch, and it will organically grow. And if the quality is there, then people will want to see more. And we, it's our we're in a constant state of um, innovation because we we make tweaks. Every, I mean, every week we make tweaks. And the, the evolution of the battle report certainly evolved because before it was recap bat reps, we would just show the recaps of the turns. Sure. And then from there, we went to filming the entire game, every dice roll. And at this point in time, YouTube only allowed 10-minute videos. And so imagine this if you could. When you watch a bat rep, it would take you six weeks to watch a bat rep because it would come out in six parts. So it would be one part per week. And the time that we switched from that to being an all in one video was like, man, we're going to have to make a lot more content to keep up with demand because we're, you know, here we are getting away with so little. And so I I remember that it was it was a huge change for us, which but it turned out to be so much better.
0: So uh, when you because, release in like ten minute like maximum video size, does that mean like your your bat raps are going out and you're like part seventeen of thirty <laughs> <Yeah>. two?
1: <laughs> I think the long, I think the largest ever the record is twelve parts, but that's still a lot, man. That's that's way too. That's too much. That is a lot. Yeah, that is. Yeah, fun. yeah, and, and I, if we can tell by the view count too. Right, the first first video at the time, right, the first video had like a thousand views, and the second one, you know, like seven hundred. And then it would drop, and the last one has like a hundred views, and so like people aren't—I don't even know why they would watch all the way. That's just like mind-numbing to, to 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 go through all of that. Um, but uh, that was the way you, YouTube was at the time, and so we kind of didn't really have a choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it evolved, and and I remember at first because of the way Matt and I are—we're very different from each other. Uh, we have different strengths, and we certainly complement each other. And he. He's a genius. He would never admit to this, but he is an absolute genius in what he does. He's got a mathematical mind, and he's able to see systems and numbers, and he's very good at the rules of the game. And he has the gift of gab, and he's able to talk like nonstop and get all the rules right. And so what we did at first when we recorded the battle reports is we would strip all the audio. And then we would narrate what happened afterwards, like a, like a sportscaster. Right. And so, you know, he was doing this and he was doing a great job at it myself, man, I was horrible at this. I could (laughs) not do this. And I was like stumbling my way through it and it would take me forever to edit because I would have to make sure that I would get the rules right. And that I was actually explaining stuff correctly. And then I have to say it in a way that wasn't boring. I was trying to be entertaining. And then I just went, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to keep the actual audio from the game. And it's going to be the actual reactions of the people when I'm playing against them. So when there's a bad dice roll, I'm going to put the camera in his face and see him <laughs> see his pain. And so that's what I did, right? Because I actually did I did this style, and I, I called it the banter bat rep because you actually hear us bantering back and forth. Uh, and then he had the beatmap bat rep style where he he was voiceovering everything. Um, eventually, we converted over to the banter style because. We had since learned that that's what the audience wanted because they found it more entertaining to hear the actual reactions in real time of the players. And also because not everyone has the gift of gab like Matt and is able to do what GW now currently does when they cast their games, which is a very, very hard job to constantly cast every dice roll and every action and know the rules and to be accurate and make it entertaining. That's very hard. It's very hard to do.
0: I don't, I don't know if you saw uh, Honest Wargamers coverage of last weekend's major that went out, but that was blew me away with the quality of that.
2: Oh, man. The transitions. I, I was really hoping for some star wipes, but, like, we got some good ones in there. And, like, the overlays yeah. were amazing. I'm really excited for the future of, like...
3: Uh, 40k streaming in general. It's
1: well, just, just 40k streaming. Yeah, 40k yeah.
2: media is awesome, and, and like it's only going to get better. I'm really excited to see where it goes from yeah.
3: here. I mean, I, I I love to watch uh, Warmer TV's coverage and their their bat reps and stuff on uh, on live stream. Um, mm-hmm. And I've I've even been on their stream, which I believe you guys have as well. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So they. I think they just like Dave's John
0: even even going back to to what Chaos Dave was saying about like how they would make the the bat reps in order to promote product and kind of make sales in the units used. Didn't you learn a fun little tidbit about a unit used against you during your bat rep for Warhammer TV Dave.
3: I did not. However, sales of Baneblades Blades went up by 280%, according to, <laughs> no, according, according to Martin.
0: As a uh, Bane Blade during uh, Dave's battle report on uh, Warhammer TV just rips Dave's army apart for like three turns. It's <laughs> not
3: true. Just Redemptors, which we've covered, are the worst new Dreadnought they've ever made. They're, they're, they're best looking, <sighs> worst game, worst rules. Really? They,
0: they oh. need an invuln. Their they're new points, like a 163 kitted out. They're. They're passable now, but I think we were talking before when we came on. The Invictor suit is like just, the the just more so rather, rather. the more skilled so little brother better. that the parents love way more. Yeah, and the older brother, <laughs> Redemptor Dreadnoughts, like I'm still here, guys.
3: Yeah. When are you moving? <laughs> what are you moving out?
2: Stop talking about me behind my back. <laughs> uh, oh, just,
1: I love I'm, it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a beautiful looking model. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No question.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, see, Chaos, Dave, you you love Chaos. I love Chaos. All about Primaris to the point where I have collected every single model they have released. Um, If there's a special edition available only at GW stores, which is impossible to get up here in Alaska where we're at, I contact all of my contacts all over the world, and somebody will. I pay somebody to get one for me and send it to me. I am not missing a single model they have released that has the word Primaris in it. The only
0: thing he's collected more than Primaris Marines is losses. That's not true.
3: (laughs) I actually have like a seventy-five percent win rate with Primaris. Yeah,
1: I mean Primaris. They, the stats are there. No, who brings regular Marines when they can bring Primaris and their troops choices? It just doesn't make sense. Well, now, man, everybody. Yeah. Before, yeah.
2: Well, chaos, but yeah. they can't help it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we're not salty about this.
2: Oh, no, man. no, Chaos Marines are cool. I like yeah. Chaos Marines.
1: <laughs> chaos Marines are cool. Yeah, and they have they have Legion traits, man. I Heck mean, yes. that's yeah. The Red Corsairs are so good right now. Oh.
2: Yeah, they're pretty solid.
3: I've seen a lot of discussion about uh Red Corsair battalions with. Uh, just going in and, and buffing them up, stuff, changing things up. And, you know, it's not all about Lord Discordance anymore. You know,
1: it's, well, you I, don't, know. I, don't well know. I don't know about that. You know, but you that, know, <laughs> that being said, those those are ridiculous too. Those are ridiculous. They're yeah.
3: so they're a healthy part of this delicious chaos army. Uh, <laughs> just not to brag or anything, but Danny, John, and I might have been the only three people who saw the Lord Discordant, saw the rules and went, "That thing is going to wreck face," and so many people hated it.
0: Twelve wounds, yeah. it's trash. No, no, it's no, not. It's
3: not. There's no way it's no. trash.
0: But Chaos Dave, so you say right now kind of uh Red Corsairs are really hitting the spot. What's kind of like your great like core chaos list right now that you just love running?
1: So I think right now I'm definitely in a alpha alpha legion phase with okay. the minus one to hit with on the Havocs, and then you have Mark and Nurgle on them, and you have a sorcerer put miasma of pestilence on them, and then you got a Dark Apostle nearby with the benediction of darkness. So it's it's hard to hit them, and you put them in cover so their cover save is better. So that that's fun having those guys with missile launchers in the back shooting up, and then having corn berserkers in the face of the enemy. It's just a fun thing to see because you look at the face of the opponent, and they're like, "What do I do? Do I shoot at the guys in front of my face, or do I try to kill the guys in the back that are really hard to hit?" So right now, that is the thing that I like doing the most. And the Red Corsair. So it's a split list between Alpha Legion and Red Corsair. Uh, because the Alpha Legion and the more where they came from stratagem, which is ridiculous, I just have groups of 20 Chaos base rates. Because you can. And I kit them out with the best weapons possible because you can redeploy at full strength. And why wouldn't you put the best weapons in the unit? Sure. Yeah, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, and you know, they can... Charge after assault, so I mark the corn them, and then I, I kind of wrap them so they can reroll their, their charge rolls. And then you got a blob of 20 Chaos Marines that are just in the face of the, the opponent as the Alpha Legion Havocs are shooting. That That's what I'm liking right now. Is that the most competitive list? Probably not. Definitely not. But it's fun. It's fun for me. And uh, the combos are fun, too.
2: Well, that's like 90% of your game, right? I mean, like... Yeah. Regardless of, like, what the style of army you want to play is, you want to play something that you're going to enjoy putting on the table and moving around and seeing especially. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I, t- I totally feel you there.
0: Yeah. I tend to have way more fun playing stuff that I enjoy rather than stuff oh, that's, yeah. you know, scientifically proven to be, <laughs> quote, unquote, good. Yeah. I mean, to,
2: yeah. to, to For is 25% it, of the time to work 100% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Or or here's another theory. It works fifty percent of the time. It either works or it doesn't.
0: That's well, fair.
3: Yeah. I
1: mean, it's it's like mean, the dice rolls. It's like on a on a six plus. Oh, it's fifty percent. It's either gonna get see. a six or it doesn't.
3: Let's see. John went two and three with his garbage list and I then did one and two in another tournament. So I don't think it's fifty percent. I think it's what do we that's closer to <laughs> Oh 25. let's oh, not
2: man. keep count here, Dave. Oh, oh no, I have to
0: No, so so my, my garbage <laughs> chaos list I've been running recently. Is being ninety plague bearers, twenty-seven nurgling bases, a tree, um, a pox <laughs> tree. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The fetchlin yeah, Narmal. Yeah. The, the, the truth. Okay. The, the, the poop tree is very important to, mm-hmm, to John's mm-hmm. strategy. The poop tree is very important <laughs> to me. So I have fetchlin Narmal, I have the uh-huh. spoil pox Scribner and a um, beast a of nurgle. beast of nurgle. Who uh-huh. I call well, Ch- Charles, because Charles. he was in charge yeah, in the back in charge, of the objective. Yeah. <laughs> he just hung out at the back <laughs> of the table because I had 37 points spare with nothing to do with. Yeah. And then he would hum the theme song to <laughs> that particular show, Charles in Charge,
2: and like get it stuck in everybody's head at the tournament. And, like, it was terrible because we were all, like, silently, like, it kept going. It just wouldn't stop. Like, you just <laughs> hummed the
0: first couple of bars, but that got stuck in every single person's head. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. <laughs> but, yeah, that list, uh, I beat a tau gun line with it, which was... what. Every single game I play with this list, I get a first turn charge with uh, Plague Bearers or Nurglings. Right, right. Which really? is super, super satisfying. Because, yeah, I just, uh, the entire center of the board is filled up with Nurglings. So you can't Alpha Strike or Deep Strike anywhere near me. Um, right. You chain the Plague Bearers around the tree so they can advance and assault in the same turn. So, okay. like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of slow Plague Bearers. I'm like, well, no, they're movement seven plus one for the musician, plus they can advance, plus they can charge. Um, yep. yep. It was pretty, yeah. my two of my big losses were against like elder Airwings. wings. We're like, what guns do you have? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this dude sneezes occasionally, <laughs> but, but that's about it. But yeah, that was super fun. And like I said, I, I kind of got it because the gimmick is I wanted as many models as possible. And so I'm like, yeah, let's, sure. let's do that. And uh, now I've gone the other way. I have like a space Marine list I'm working on, which is just as many dreadnoughts as I can fit in the list as possible.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's fun. It sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it sounds absolutely fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. So, how many list. can you fit? Just
0: uh, oh, so, so my current <laughs> list I'm running right now is going to be um, a battalion with a Phobos captain and a Primaris lieutenant, and then two sniper scout squads and a tactical marine squad. And then I have a spearhead with a uh, Carib Cone the Risen and a tech marine then two Redemptor Dreadnoughts, then uh, two uh, Leviathans Leviathans with storm cannons, and then two Double Autocannon Mortis Dreads.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So Dave, I want you to... uh, Sorry, Chaos Dave. I want you to know that I walked in here today and in front of my mic, he set up his entire army in front of me in an attempt to intimidate me.
0: And it worked. It didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed. I said they looked cool. Will it work? No. The I'm fact, I'm the fact I'm using Redemptor Dreadnoughts as charge screens is not a good <laughs> yeah, sign. I'm screening my army with Redemptor
3: Dreadnoughts.
1: But uh, oh man, it's fun. So I, I didn't know you guys were in Alaska.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. up in <laughs> up in uh, Anchorage here.
3: That's why we're only 17th and not higher on the podcast list. <laughs> <laughs> or, or
0: lower as we get, um yeah, no, you know, sympathy true. listens from that's people true. being like, there Alaskans
3: have electricity. Oh, we that's get a, nice. That's of crazy. That. We get a lot of people from Siberia.
0: <laughs> sure.
2: <Yeah>. Our Russian <laughs> audience is huge because we can see them. So what's <laughs> what's crazy
0: is like uh, we'll, we'll film like these little skits and stuff occasionally. And I wanted to do this whole thing where we, we were making fun of Dave or ha- having kind of loving Primaris Marines. So we would burn mm-hmm. the old Chaos Space Marine Codex and burn this little trashed out the repulsor. Lo- or Space Marine had, Space Codex. Oh, sorry, yeah. the Space Marine Codex. And the, the little repulsor that we have that's kind of trashed from a couple other things we're doing. But like, yeah, we're going to wait till it's night and then I'm going to burn it and it's going to look really cool as we're like peering over the flame and saying this incantation to it. So that, uh, like afterwards we'll mess it up Evil Dead style and then the new Chaos book will be like even, or the new Space Marine book will be even better. But because it's Alaska, we were filming at like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, <laughs> yep. and it was like bright <laughs> sunshine. So it just looks like we're having this barbecue, uh, but using kind of codexes for, for fuel.
1: Awesome. Yep. I love it. And that's got to be, I mean, you guys live there. I'm sure you're used to this. But <laughs> to me, that sounds so foreign to have sunlight at that time. It's, it's two, crazy. At 2 a.m.? Yeah. It's- yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was not at two a.m. No, no, but it does. Say, during, the, during the solstice, you get
3: sun, yeah. sunlight at two a.m. Oh, it's I'll, crazy. That's true. Like,
0: cool. I'll go to I'll go out of state for work, and I'll go to these places, and like seven eight o'clock, it's dark, and I'm like, I'm scared. It's really dark. What I'm not that? used to this. It's July.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <What is> it? <laughs> that's that's cool. And oh, you know what? That actually reminds me. Um, I plan on having this gathering of podcasters. Oh, I thought we were going to say
0: of Juggalos, and then I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody
1: got excited about that. It'll, it'll be at the Mini Wargaming Bunker, and this is an official invitation for oh. you guys oh, to awesome. come up, or, or come on over, rather. To come up would be the North Pole. Maybe uh, down. So to, I think down. Yeah. I, 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 da, yeah. Down into sorry, yeah, and to the left. Sideways. Down and to the left. Yeah, I think that would be great, uh, because uh, w- with the podcast, I, I've... I've personally just started to listen to podcasts. That's how I found you guys. and We're uh, still and really you, don't, sorry about that. <laughs> and you, you guys are humble because you you, you say these things uh, about yourselves, but in reality, you're incredibly entertaining, and that's why I listen to you guys. And I think your listeners feel the same way. I'm sure they do. Um, and so I would love to have you guys up for the the gathering of podcasters at the Mini Wargaming Bunker to, to cross podcast and to have this massive... Beacon of Vox casting, and this is where we fill in all the rest of the words. Your yeah, part yeah. Part yeah. Part so, I we was get, say, you?
2: we you, get you. <laughs> do you remember the part where
3: John doesn't want to edit anything? You have to actually finish that. Sentence.
0: I was going to say, <laughs> g- Ghostbusters told me not to cross the beacons, or yeah. <laughs> that would be dangerous. Stream, don't cross the stream. Cross the stream. Yeah, but no, we <laughs> would love to. We would love to go to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I know you were talking earlier about when you guys started mini wargaming, and you would look at uh, your numbers and things. And I know like when, when I started the podcast like three years ago or four years ago, like I would like when I was like 20 people have downloaded this. Why? <laughs> 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 and kind of continuing to see the, the growth and everything is just, it's, it's weird and it's humbling and it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's a, an indescribable feeling. To know that thousands of people are listening to you make really bad sound effects about like White Claw and, and making random
3: jokes. I still think you're White Claw. You're, you're, we're no longer a Four Local podcast. We're a White Claw podcast now. It's still one of your best videos you ever came up with. It
0: really is. Yeah. We, it's uh, solid. uh, Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. You
3: guys are on YouTube too. Yeah. yeah.
0: We, we have our little YouTube not channel. To, uh,
3: not to brag, but we did just crest <laughs> 2,000 subs, <laughs> uh, Dave. So uh, we're coming for you. Just as a heads yeah, up, we
2: surpassed that eighteen hundred subs that you were very proud of,
0: <laughs> 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 and all it took was review copies and a really well done review video yeah. of a codex.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's I, you know that's just it, right? Uh, being being current and relevant. Oh yeah, yeah.
3: Wow. Oh, it, oh, it helps t- that we actually do. Uh, so most of our review stuff is set down. Me and Danny sit down on Friday before the video has to drop because we're in Alaska. So therefore, we don't get the uh, review stuff until the day before. Um yeah more or no. less most and, of the time yep
2: it's a friday afternoon postman drops uh, by kind of a thing we're like all right well let's let's do what we can do Danny <laughs> that's drops it worked to out pretty good I,
3: I pass it off to him you know he he goes home studies it then i show up at his house with a camera a bunch of lights and some some ideas about what we're gonna do and and then we just sit down and banter about it and the next thing i know we've got people all over saying it's the you know it's the best that they've seen. No offense or anything, by the way, Dave, because I know you guys do review stuff as well. Uh, I mean, I
0: think he has tens of thousands of people who he's okay yeah. with not doing that.
3: I will admit there's like three or four uh, of the channels, the b- much bigger channels like yourself. Um, there's what uh, Guerrilla Wargaming and, and somebody else that does, that gets their copies, and the, they do their drops from about the same time as. Uh, hmm. Because, you know, the embargo lifts at X time. We can finally start talking about it again. So I'm sitting there usually right until zero hour editing the video and putting it all together and, and getting it up there and having it crash and then starting over and doing it again. <laughs> um, and just and, you know, and I have a good time with it. It makes me laugh. I, I throw in little graphics that don't do that don't mean anything. And, and we make references to stuff like um, uh, in the Space Marine Codex. We kept talking about how Black Templars didn't exist. It's not a real thing. So I got to make a tiny little black templar that with a big Ghostbusters no across it <laughs> that would pop that would up every time we mentioned yeah. it. You know, just but uh, we, you know, you guys are more of a um, an all over view of, of of the the book itself, and we look at it strictly from like an ITC competitive uh, standpoint for the most part. And yeah, I, I think that helps us a lot. Yeah, with, with that.
2: Well, it helps to get a narrow focus, right? Right, right. which. Man, when we got that new Vigilist book, like Vigilist 2, Electric Boogaloo, we were <laughs> oh. so excited about the chaos stuff. Like, it got oh. me on a chaos hype for at least, like, oh. three or four months. I didn't talk or look at most anything else pretty yeah. much. Yeah, Har- so.
0: Harvey Worldclaimer: amazing model. Yes. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> Harvey? Harvey, that's, that's his name now.
3: So John couldn't remember Harkin? Yeah. uh, Ever and and the whole name I couldn't remember the whole name. It's like, uh, what's the guy with the spear? The jump pack What is that? Harvey? Harvey Worldclaimer? Yes, it's Harvey Harvey, Wallbanger. Harvey Worldclaimer, John. Yeah, that's that's it. So I just
0: lean into it now and just accept who I am.
3: Well, and we just butcher names left and right. Yeah. That's.
0: Have you used him yet, Dave? Chaos, Dave. Have you used him?
1: I have not used him.
3: Okay. Amazing. How how is he?
0: Uh, he's okay.
2: John used him, right?
0: He's decidedly okay. (laughs) <laughs> and he makes an okay unit sort of better. Yeah, nice. I mean, Raptors are all right. right? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're okay. Yeah. Honestly, I think in this new meadow where everything has Shock Assault, I think Harkin oh, Worldclaimer yeah. oh, and yeah. Raptors and Shock Assault mm-hmm. is a really sleeper combo that's going to be really good. Because mm-hmm. not everyone, like, I find that right now we're in sort of in a gotcha 40k we're playing, mm-hmm. where people look at your army and like, okay, I know how to deal with, say, you know, uh, Chaos Dave, I played against you a bunch. I know this is how you do your Havocs. I know this is how you do your Corn Berserkers. But if you have this random unit show up, I'm like, yeah, I have a uh, Harken Worldclaimer and some Raptors. Uh, they're they're just jumped by guys. They're like, oh, well, I don't quite know how to handle those. What's the trick? What's the trick? <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, the the amount of dice that you can roll out and if you're, like, Death of the False Emperor as well, I think oh, yeah. of plus <laughs> one to wound for on really that. So I think much. a couple of max squad of raptors, like, within Harkin's little bubble could be, like, a real nasty yeah, surprise.
3: Hmm. You should give that's it a try. That's true. That's a good point. And if it works for you, make sure to credit John.
0: Especially if you're using,
2: like, host raptorial <laughs> on them, so oh, you can yeah. use to get the bonus to charge out of deep strike and stuff like that. I think
1: that could probably mm-hmm. be okay. Very good. Yeah, that's true, too. You can just kind of hop up on somebody and...
0: So, chaos, Dave. Um, back to mini wargaming. Recently, you guys relocated to what can only be described as like the most lavish independent wargaming studio in the upper North America world. I like to call it my dream home. Yeah. <laughs> what was kind of the emphasis? What led you guys to kind of realize this dream of
1: coming to this like really amazing space? Well, uh, it happened about four years ago. So we had the old city hall we were leasing space there and it was kind of our studios were scattered inside the building and it was just didn't even feel like a this studio space it felt like what is this place like when people would come in it felt like an office space that was dingy with random <laughs> studios that kind of crop up every so often and we have guests come from all over the world to participate in the videos, uh, which is pretty cool. And they stay in nearby hotels. And so I had this idea that we could get an Airbnb and kind of partner with them, right? And then I thought, well, what if we got this Airbnb to decorate their rooms to, to be like the studios and so that people, you know, award winners think that pretty cool. never get and then I thought, there. well, what if, what if like, That, what if we just owned the Airbnb? Doesn't that make more sense? Like, yeah, okay. (laughs) And and then I thought, well, what if the Airbnb wasn't off site? It was attached to us. And then that's when I talked to the landlord and said, hey, are you you interested in selling your building? And he's like, yes. Uh, And so at at the time, he, he wanted a certain amount of money, which is way too much. I'm like, okay, forget it, because that's like the cost of the building. Plus, like, we'd have to renovate a bunch. So that was kind of like out of the question. But in the meantime, I had asked people, every single guest that came in from wherever they came from, I would say, what do you think of the idea if one day we had this, we had guest rooms here and they were themed like the studios, would you stay here instead of a hotel? And so every single time it was, oh yes, of course, yeah, that'd be awesome, I'd love to stay here, don't have to travel and be right here and be cool, more time to play and and all that, right? And so about two years ago, two years ago, just a little more than two years ago, uh, I was telling this idea to a good friend of mine his name is hunter he happens to be one of the producers of one of the films that i made and we were at a convention we were at origins convention in columbus ohio and i was telling him about this idea and he said to me dave when are we going to do this and i thought I. I don't know what, what do we are going to do this means, but yes, I like where we're going with this. Okay, yes. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're just spitballing Let, here. Sorry. Yeah, just Tuesday. spitballing. So literally that night, hopped in the laptop and we're looking at properties. And we actually looked at the building that we're currently in in the new place. And so it just happened to be the, one of the available properties. And so it, it wasn't even long after that that the building was purchased a few months after that. and So he is the investor for the project he is a war gamer as well. Uh, and so without him investing in a property in this endeavor, I don't even know how long it would have been before we could have done it. Maybe 10 years, you know? Sure. Yeah. It, yeah. So and I like how only, it escalated though. Oh like, yeah. That's a pretty yeah.
2: rad escalation of ideas that just built on top of each other for to like a perfect storm. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a matter of like telling the right person, um, and so uh, a similar thing happened when I, I made the film because I, it's, it was a dream of mine to always make a film because I love acting, I love movies. And uh, I had met uh, a war gamer that came up, right? And I asked him what he did. And he said, oh, I, I run a factory in Chicago. I'm like oh, cool. And just as a joke, right? I'm like, okay, so you got a lot of money? I was just totally <laughs> kidding. <laughs> and, and he's like, eh, you know, it pays the bills. So he's being humble about it. And so I knew, right? And then, so as another joke, I said, Oh, okay, cool. So you would be willing to provide production budget for a film. Complete joke. I just just said it to him. I just say (laughs) crap. And if people take me seriously, then I become serious. But otherwise, it's joking. And so uh, he said, well, if you're ever doing a project, I'd be interested to look at it. And it's funny, because he responded in a way that I wasn't expecting. I was just (laughs) completely kidding. And afterwards, he sent me an email. He said, Dave, I had a great time uh, filming and I know you were joking when you said those things, but if you ever become serious, let me know and we can further the discussion. And so that's how the feature film ended up happening. The independent film that I made ended up becoming a, a thing, ended up becoming a film. And, and what it, film was that for people who want to track it down? That's the ranger's bloodstone. So it's a fantasy film. It's a, it's a high fantasy film. There's orcs, there's elves, there's, Land pirates. There's rangers. There's halflings. Uh, it's everything in it. There's practical effects. There's no CG in it because obviously it's an independent film budget. Right. Sure. So uh, any CG that would be added would just look really bad. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to go old school. <laughs> I'll do pra- I'll, I'll do practical effects, and I want everything to be real. So if people have hair, like if they, you know, if they have long hair, they need to grow their hair out because I had a no wig policy. Because uh, I had been in a film myself uh, before, and that was my one qualm that I had with it, is that the wigs, you could tell that they were wigs. And yeah. so I just wanted no wigs on, on my set, right? And so it worked. And the people that were in it, they grew their beards out, they grew their hair out, and it just it looked more authentic.
0: I and, thought you were going to have a no CGI beard policy, which no, no, makes you yeah, really want to no say mustache,
1: like a... no Superman mustache cover-up, <laughs> <laughs> nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> And so, yeah, it was great. And that was actually going to start as a short film because I, I had made a short film beforehand and this feature film is a continuation of it. But the more people I talked to about that, the more contagious it became and then the more I just saw people in the movie. Like at the time, I had a bearded dragon and I had deliver, I had uh, crickets delivered to the house because that, that's a thing in Welland, Ontario, Canada, where the bunker is. And the guy that came to the door, massive dude. He's 6'5". 300 plus pounds bald big beard massive dude and I just looked at him for the first time seeing him right and I just looked at him and said man you you gotta be in my movie and he looked at me so weird <laughs> he scared like, at that ooh. point <laughs> it was it was so odd right because this big guy who had the scared look which I mean, it didn't make sense because he's like five times my size and but he's like okay. And so he gives me the crickets, <laughs> which, is kind of, which is weird up in and of itself, right? And then I gave him a copy of the short film that I made. I'm like, yeah, go home and watch this, and let me know next week when you bring more crickets. And so he watched, it and he's like, you know what? That, that was actually better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'd like to be in your movie. And so that he became a character in the movie, and uh, and and so it just there ended up being eighteen actors, sixty-two extras. Wow. We had Yikes. we had uh, sets built in the country nearby uh, and it's a full fledged feature film that is in right now it's in negotiations for uh, distribution for worldwide distribution. Nice. Awesome.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you yeah. said you did everything practical effects. What was your favorite practical effect you did or kind of what was kind of the, wow, that turned out amazing so I can steal
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was this, one particular sequence that uh, I would say stands above the rest and it's uh, there's a sequence in which this ancient one character is training my character and it's kind of like the rite of passage that he becomes a warrior type of thing and he has to my character has to walk blindfolded ten yards away from the trainer who has drawn an arrow back in his bow but the thing is He's drawing it at my back. So what my character is required to do is to duck and turn around before the arrow hits him square in the head if he doesn't move in time. And so this was a practical effect where we actually did it in one take. And using camera angles, we managed to sell it and make it look real because it was real.
3: Nice. Uh, Yeah. That's awesome. yeah. I imagine you really only got one take for that, because if you messed up the shot, you know, it's pretty much the <laughs> end of the movie. Slight it's, production yeah, yeah. Just, hold while we remove just, an arrow just from a head. Flash <laughs> just flashes up to the end and credits roll, that's it.
1: <laughs> or, you know, there's some guys like, you know, he looks at that and he's like, man, that's some bad CG. It, well, just,
0: you don't want a crow scenario,
1: right? Right. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, so,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that's. Yeah.
0: So the new mini wargaming bunker, um, where you have your Airbnb or I guess the air D and D or, or whatever you want to put in there. Um, <laughs> man, said, that's a good catchphrase. I'll, i all, whatever you want to put now. <laughs> um, so you said all the rooms are themed, right? So, so what goes yep. into kind of deciding the theme of the room and kind of what, what are kind of the themes of the rooms there?
1: Okay. So, uh, this is why Matt is a perfect business partner for me because we're so different from each other. So before we started everything, right. I said to him, I'm like, okay, Matt, so what, what do you care about uh, in terms of what happens here at the building? You know, what, what things do you want say in what things do you care about? And he's like, as long as I can control the temperature, hot or cold in the studios, everything else, it doesn't matter. I'm like, so what you're saying is I have complete control over the aesthetics. <laughs> And, and I, like yep. evil chaos laugh later, <laughs> and I'm like, that is fantastic. That's awesome. So, so basically, I was and I felt like I was in a playground because I got to choose everything. Every every bolt in the building literally was a deliberate choice, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. And uh, it, so it just went from what it was the rule of cool once again. That's what dictated everything.
3: You can't go wrong. The with themes that. of the rooms. Yeah, that the rule of cool is is highly effective.
2: It's a pretty solid rule. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And I also put a poll on the Mini War Gaming Facebook group, and I just asked. I said, "So, what themes for the uh, bunker suites do you think uh, do you think should be there?" Right. And I just chose the top five, and uh, you know, yeah, like a uh, Imperial Officers' Quarters was was one of them. Uh, barracks, Astromilitary Barracks was another. That's Orc it. room. So, was another.
3: Hold on, hold on, space hold on. world You, <laughs> Astro Militarum, barracks and imperial officers' quarters. So it's just a bed, like a <laughs> cot, <it's> a, <laughs> and a gray wall.
0: So I was going to say the barracks <laughs> is going to be where they store it when they have a tournament <laughs> and have twenty to thirty people come. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I mean it's, uh, in the barracks. So as much as like they are that way themed, that way the actual rooms themselves are very nice uh, because it's they're all renovated. And we had a consultant come through and, you know, give us a bunch of pointers, right? And uh, and she said, you know what, these, these rooms are really well well done. The, they're quality rooms. You can charge a good price for them, uh, and you should charge a good price because you don't want to attract the riffraff, because if you charge too low, then you get a certain type of person. You get the people who will say, oh, it's this price, why can't it be lower? And uh, and there's just a certain level of quality that we wanted to go for, sure. for the rooms, and everything is the best quality uh, with the rooms. The Don't. best materials and you know, everything is solid, 500-pound uh, capacity per bed. In things like that.
0: Right? It sounds like that consultant was like awful imperial commander-ish,
1: talking yeah. about the riffraff <laughs> and yeah. attracting the wrong sword. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, she spoke the language of, of OCD. Like she, she went around <laughs> and she, oh, she knew, it. Yeah. 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 And she just definitely knew it. But uh, but yeah, it was fun. It was definitely fun. And I got to work with a lot of people in the community too. Like for example, in the barracks, if uh, if you guys are familiar with Kurt Metz, if you if you search for 40k comic book art on Deviant Art. He's like the first one that comes yep. up and he's created a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's super cool.
0: Now, one of the yeah. things that stood out about your channel and one of the things that drew me to it originally was the amazing kind of backgrounds to your rooms. Um, so like after, after like a time when you would have themed rooms and you would have like your orc room and, and just really different backgrounds and different visuals. And what was kind of the impetus behind that? And what kind of made you guys decide to invest in the kind of that aspect of production and not just your kind of banter, bat rap style camera angles.
1: <laughs> I love that. Cause no, that's absolutely correct. I mean, that's, it was, th- those were not good at the beginning, but anyway, to answer your question, uh, huh, what was it? What was it? Because I remember it was just the very first studio, which was inspired by Zone Mortalis. I just thought, you know what? It would be cool to to have a studio, to not, like an actual studio, where no matter what angle you're filming, you're still immersed in the world instead of just one wall background, right? Which is the typical film set. Right. Sure. Uh, and so I that's what I thought. I'm like, you know what? It's totally doable. It's like just a, it's a life-size terrain piece. That's all it is. And so I had the image in my mind of what I wanted it to look like. And then I um, uh, commissioned somebody uh, to make the room. And in the end, it was close to what I had in my mind, but it wasn't exact. And so from there, I decided to make them myself because there was three more that came after that. So there was an orc studio that came after that. That one I literally did not use a tape measure for because it's orcs. Sure. To slap <laughs> it Why
2: would you? Yeah,
1: and I instructed the electrician to slap the wires on top of the wall and put the outlets, <laughs> oh, the light bet. switches. Sir, but like the code. Just go and... to the
0: theme of the room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised you got That's away right. with that actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, everything is like encased in cables and stuff, so it's all <laughs> the code. But it was like weird. Like he gave he gave me a lot of raised eyebrows. But after it was done, he's like, "Oh, okay, now I knew." now i know why i was doing this um, <laughs> and then there was a another room which was a 40k ruins room and then there was a, the forge that we built which uh which was a lot of fun i had a lot of help with it but it was fun actually getting my hands in there and doing it myself because it just reminded me of the terrain making days when when we did these things uh so yeah it, it kind of just started with an idea of like wouldn't it be cool if
3: yeah, that's... That's awesome. I mean, I wish we had space up here to do something like that, but unfortunately, John's wife won't let us redecorate her dining room. As many times as yeah. we ask. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, just this piece of ruins on the wall right here, Amanda. It'll, It'll be, be fine. fine.
2: Yeah. How are you going to get immersion in Sunday dinner <laughs>
0: without this ruins? <laughs> that's oh, awesome. My my wonderful, patient wife <laughs> who deals with so much. Uh. <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm sure you're, I'm, uh, I don't am i know if you're married, Dave, or... or I am, yes. I'm, 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 I'm sure she is. Goddess of is my wife.
1: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> fair. <Oof. laughs> All right. Commitment. I like yeah. it. I, I've been calling her that for years. And when she found out what it meant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. You're like, it's both a good and a bad thing. So it's yeah, multi-use. It's,
1: it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's always a good thing. And we have Nurglings. We have three Nurglings. And uh, I'm, I'm the luckiest man on the planet.
0: That's crazy. That's super cool.
3: Yeah,
0: Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Dave, uh, I don't want to take up too much extra of your time here. Um, what, what have you got going on? What I mean, mini Wargaming Dave, Chaos Dave, obviously has a lot going on. Um, but, but what do you have going on right now?
1: Um, okay, so the, the just a few things. Uh, one, I'm, I'm writing two books. Uh, I'm writing a children's book, which is the second one. That, that I'll be making. Uh, and that's a continuation of the first one, which was named Trolls. And it's a. the second book is called Orcs, spelled with many O's.
0: What's Orcs.
1: And it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> an illustrated book about uh, me and my kids playing this imaginative role-playing game that we play together. But it's done in kind of like a wargaming way because we roll dice sometimes and we there's different phrases that we use and we paint miniatures in the book and... And so it's it's a children's book, aimed at wargaming children. And so there's that. And I'm also writing a autobiography. Uh, from the whole process of where we began twelve years ago to now. By the time i actually finished the book, it'll be probably a year or so from now. Uh, because at the end of the day, man, like i how I feel. I feel like I'm I'm an average dude. With. <laughs> Who, who's living the dream, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel... Who, yeah, who has, like, a... There's nothing... In my mind, there's nothing, like... Like, w- when I look at Matt, he's an obvious genius, right? Like, anyone who talks to him for more than 30 seconds, they know he's an intelligent guy, right? If you talk to me for 30 seconds, you might think, oh, okay, yeah, he'd be fun to hang out with and have a beer with. But you don't think he's... This guy could, like, build a business and and do this, right? So I think the the purpose of the book... Is to, I guess, just show show the journey in that anyone can do this, and anyone can make their their desire and their dream of kind of doing what they love, their thing. Yep. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: We hope to someday Holy actually get God. paid for this. Oh, <laughs> no, I got
0: like another two and a half years before I can do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah but it's insane kind of like if you look back to like 20-30 years ago if you were to tell someone they're like hey what are you going to do for a living like well I'm going to open a miniature game store slash hotel slash tournament room uh, while <laughs> writing children's books and making movies it's <laughs> oh also I'm going to have a wife and multiple children they're going to be like
3: okay man cool Good, whatever you say I I said I wanted uh, no foam on that latte. Yeah.
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I feel like I'm the luckiest guy. I mean, I'm just, I'm certainly very fortunate. I I recognize that. And if it were not for the viewers and, and everyone supporting us, we obviously wouldn't be where we are. So,
0: but yeah, yeah, definitely. You can check out Mini Wargaming on YouTube. It is one of the biggest, if not the biggest right yeah, now. Still the biggest. It's still the biggest. Uh, and will remain to be the biggest independent Mini war or mini Wargaming channel, obviously. Um, they have a subscriber section called The Vault, which has a ton of amazing content behind it. Uh, a huge amount added weekly. Definitely more than your value's worth. And as we've alluded to during this podcast, the production values that go into it are just out of this world. Um, so thank you. Uh, For sure. Chaos Dave, for for you guys putting so much effort and thought into that, and now again just kind of uh, what we've tried of just nailing a camera to a thing and moving on. Uh, that that really helps. <laughs> um, they have thank you a ton of great narrative campaigns. Oh man, yeah. Um, if you go back and as Dave uh, Chaos Dave mentioned throughout this podcast here, uh, additions don't matter really in many war games battle reports. Because you're following the story, you're following along, you want to see what happens to those characters... Um, if you're someone like me who doesn't get a chance to play Gorkamorka up here, being able to watch along with their Gorkamorka campaigns is, is the next best thing because of the obvious passion and drive and I, I love they put into their product. There, mm-hmm. stop trying to guilt me into play go, playing
2: Gorkamorka play yes, Gorka with me, Danny. It's not going to work, John. If I can't
3: get you guys to play Blood Bowl with me, then we're not playing. I bought Korka. all the Blood Bowl stuff, Dave. I
2: I'm just, ready. To you play. buy everything, Danny. That's well,
0: that's, that's fair. And you just can't play muties, Danny, because muties are the worst. Um, and then, uh, also, uh, chaos, Dave, you also have a podcast as well.
1: Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, it, the shrine of chaos. Uh, it, it's, uh, I've just begun doing that, a podcast forum. I still record it live, but, uh, releasing it as podcast afterwards. And, uh, I, I've been doing it for a number of years, but it's just recently. And I must say, you guys are certainly a large inspiration for that. Uh, for Still really turning sorry it into about that, Dave. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're we're glad our evil can inspire something good. Uh, much like Horace's fall inspired the Greater Imperium, um, <laughs> we're we're glad something good could come out of that for for you there. Um, but yeah, uh, chaos, Dave. Uh, thank you so so much. Wait, wait I have. Oh one, yeah, go I go 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 go, go go has been burning in the I'm back. I'm going to mute mind. your mic a second. Uh,
3: I know you are. Uh, so chaos, Dave. You you've sat down and and played. Uh, battle reports and recording them with Phil, the Glacial Geek. Um, yes, I have. Who, yes. Whose humble beginnings yeah, started here? Mm-hmm. Um, the <laughs> dice that Phil uses—would um, you say are the, they are the worst dice you've ever seen?
1: Um, well, Phil. Um, first off, I got to say uh, Phil's my cousin, and uh, <laughs> but he doesn't think he is, but. Uh, but he is, um, whether but he yeah, wants it or a, not. Yeah, yeah. All right. uh, and he is. Uh, yeah, those dice are just uh, no good for business. I personally designed those <laughs> dice. <laughs> we
3: we gave him to uh, Danny. Danny ordered a bunch of them and got a bunch of us to chip in and help pay for them. And I was one of the people that paid for them. We gave them to him as a wedding present. And watching him fail with those dice <laughs> makes me so happy every time I see it. <laughs> Repaid, I love it. We paid extra to load the ones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the guy at Chessex said he doesn't normally do that, but for me, I talked him into it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man, beautiful. Well, Chaos Dave, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to be right back.
2: Do you have a single wound? A standard bolt gun? Having trouble maintaining an acceptable Xeno's kill count? Only barely over two meters tall. Maybe it's time to ask your lieutenant if the Rubicon Primaris is right for you. The Rubicon Primaris is a prescription process that helps you to update that tired look. You may notice an increase in your purging abilities after two to, within two to four hours. You may experience loss of life, additional organs, and a points increase. Do not take the Rubicon if you plan on fitting into rhinos, drop pods, or other traditional vehicles. The Rubicon Primaris is not intended for second founding chapters. The Rubicon Primaris is for use on genetically enhanced super soldiers over the age of 800 only. You are encouraged to report negative side effects to your company's apothecary. The Rubicon Primaris. Because sometimes plot armor is just not
0: enough. Oh, man. Well, that was super cool of Chaos Dave uh, to come on. Uh, I want to thank him for reaching out to us. Absolutely. And asking to talk to us here. A uh, little shorter today because um, we really wanted to focus on on Mini Wargaming and mm-hmm. Chaos Dave and all of the cool stuff they're doing over there down and, and to the left. Uh, that's right. I think that's an accurate direction. Um, and all the like, their their new place is amazing. If you were traveling in that area, I know the Glacial Geek Phil's been up a bunch. Yep. Um, we plan on going there. Um, it's an experience. It's it's great. They even, sounds rad. They wrote a newspaper article about it from their local town. Like the local newspaper Man, ran an article cool. about all the stuff they're doing. So uh, a lot of super cool stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. But yeah. I think that's, that's about good for this week. Um, so yeah, so, yeah. I'll uh, take that. for, for mob I've been John, I've been Danny
3: and I've been Dave
0: and we'll see you next time.
3: Yep.